This Italian Marxist Antonio Gramsci was famous for making one fabulously true statement, which is the old world is dying and the new world is struggling to be born. And that is yeah. the situation I think that we are in South Africa. Mark, hi, good morning. How are you? I'm very well. I happen to find myself in the fairest cake, and I've heard you might also be down here at the glorious tip of Africa. Yes, I'm at the mining conference. It's extremely exciting. There's an enormous number of people here. It's in the exhibition center. This is why you can hear a sort of noise in the background. But there are just an incredible number of people at this conference. It is amazing. It is at the core of our economic future, I imagine, you know, and there are lots of things that turn beyond the industry about how we get our goods to market and all of those peripheral things that make it happen. So it's going to be an exciting industry. I would come and talk with you, but I, I think it'll be too exciting for me, Tim. You know, I mean, I might, I might be, you know, it's overwhelming. I can't imagine the sort of, who's opening it? Who's opening the proceedings there? You will be not surprised to hear that the president is opening it. Okay. And you'll also be not surprised to hear that he is late. Ah. Yeah. So they're holding the opening for a couple of hours. Yeah, well, as, as one does. <laughs> I know whenever I'm late for dinner, they've already started when I get to so <laughs> Slight difference. Clearly the title matters. Cape Town is full of events. Eh? The mother city is, is playing host. I mean, you've got Sona yeah. in a couple of days' time on the 8th. And that could be equally exciting. What are your thoughts about what? might surprise us in China. What might wake <laughs> us up, let me put it better, yeah, in China. He has to blast it out of the park, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, he really does. There's never been a more yeah. crucial sonar. This is it, yeah. But I think I know what he's going to do. He's going to sign the NHI bill. This is the National Health Insurance Bill, yeah. which the entire health industry thinks is a bad idea. Yeah, so I, I was thinking yeah, that he might want to err on the side of popular that there's an election coming up. That wouldn't be one of them, you know, I can imagine. There is. I think he's being held a little bit to account for promises previously made and unkept. And increasingly, I'm finding politicians making promises that are sort of eminently undeliverable and yet seem to be their currency in, uh, in persuading people to vote. So if we are to be voting on what we've been told, then we're voting on a bunch of nonsense, really. <laughs> and is that who we are? Mark, sorry, are you just realizing this now in the, in the sort of latter portion uh, of no, your... No, no. <laughs> i tell you why I raise it, because I vote as a matter of course, because if you don't vote, shut up. But there are now, as I heard the IEC say, uh, after this vote, another voter registration weekend, where I believe the numbers of new registered uh, 700,000 orders of magnitude that might have been updated. But if there's still 14 million unregistered voters, eligible but unregistered voters. Now, that's the biggest party of all, okay, yes. as I reckon, in terms of going into the election. And is that the correlation? Is that people just don't believe what we're being sold, so why go into the store? Yes. I mean, what is it? I mean, it's a global problem, but to me, it's more incredible in South Africa because yeah. we're such a young democracy. You expect people to get cynical as democracy enters its 200th year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't expect them to get cynical after 40. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. it is a kind of shocker. And it is shocking, not only that they are not registering and not voting for the governing party, but that they're not finding another option. Yeah. It just seems like a situation that is ripe for an extraordinary turnabout. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know whether you, when you were at university, you studied Marxism. 
I did. I say it was it was close. It might have been lost in the spelling, but I studied mathematics okay. <laughs> uh, or maths, <laughs> which is very close. <laughs> One of the most famous quotes of my lecturers was this Italian Marxist Antonio Gramsci who is famous for making one absolutely fabulously true statement, which is the old world is dying and the new world is struggling to be born. And that is yeah, the situation yeah. I think that we are in South Africa. In so many spheres, not just politics and economics, in, exactly. in, in coming to terms with the new valuation of assets, in coming to terms with the youth, in coming to, yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you what, at the center of all of that is the leaders are old. Okay, the incumbents are old, older than they should be by 30 years or something. Okay, so they're a generation too old. You know what's incredible about this? Yeah. They're older than us. <laughs> no, dude, no, let's not push it. Okay? Let us not be accused of the lies that we hear. Okay? So, no, 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 so they can't be. Really? But, that is, we need but I mean, if you, if you wanted to stand for the presidency, which honestly I think you should, but I think you should just... You'd have to mature a bit. I'm sorry, Mark. I mean, it would be another 10 years or so before you yeah, could stand. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think the combination, I always refer to the sort of management model of the cockpit in an airplane where the captain oversees the young pilot flying, doesn't actually do the flying when he's there just in case. Okay? And I think right. a center of wisdom that would surround a group of young leaders in their mid-40s or, or so would be our solution. Because one of the things you have to have as a leader is space for strategic initiatives which take a decade or so. You have to see a future ahead of you that you're going to participate in. Otherwise, you won't be prepared to make the early sacrifices that always go with planting before harvesting. And so we're in a harvest mode and we're in a, you know, I mean, the, the currency beyond lies, the currency of politicians at the moment is social grants. Okay, they're going, yes. don't worry, we'll keep the social grants. Don't, no, we're not going to. And that's like an admission of such extraordinary defeat. Anyway, maybe we should move on. Maybe the Indaba is going to be more exciting than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> you know, saying thoughts. Yeah, there is stuff happening on the in government, which is interesting. Yeah. I see our deficit is up a bit. This is not good. 6%, I saw. No, that 6%, it's up a bit, but it's still not in any kind of danger zone relative to no, Mark. world economy. 6% is too much. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. 6%, I, I, don't, I think that is unconscionable. Honestly, yeah. you're just, yeah. you're just well, stealing the, the future of your children if you were I think spending six minutes. I think what's worse than the problem is the only available cure that is being used at the moment. So the medicine that's being used at the moment is what I would describe as regulatory revenue increases. So now increasing fat, increasing yeah. revaluing houses so that you can get higher rates, all of those kind of invasive, non-performance-based revenue collections. And that will be our ultimate destruction, not just the disease, but the muti that we've chosen to apply to. There's also the land bank, which is interesting. Now, the land bank I saw the other day was putting out to tender, if you will, its rotten book. It's written off debt book, right? which uh, I'm led to believe is orders of magnitude 10 billion or something. It was the first ever state-owned enterprise to default on its debt in the new dispensation. And that caused all sorts of trouble. And we talk about the mining in Darba. I'm not sure we have an agricultural in Darba, but agriculture is one of our embedded fields of expertise. And I think it's second only to mining in terms of foreign exchange earnings. Okay. And that's if the ports work. And so it's tragedy that 
land bank is going bust. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. I was actually going to use this as my number for the week. Okay. And as usual, I'm going to ask you a question that would be extremely difficult for you to answer. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> the question is, this, which sector do you think grew its employment level in South Africa most last year? Tech. Take a wild guess. No. Agriculture. I'm at the mining conference. They've been feeding you stats. And the years before then, is this a markdown sale which has been marking up now? Is that it? Eh? <laughs> oh, well, that's good news. Well, it's interesting because the mining's percentage contribution to the GDP has actually declined by quite a lot, right? Yeah. This is a full percentage point. So it went from 7.3% to 6.2%. This is all information that was given out by the Minerals Council. But it is amazing that it shows how strong the global commodities boom is that the South African industry can increase employment. The Minerals Council has pointed out in a very kind of underlined sort of way that it's also increased the company tax that it's paid over the past year wow. by quite a lot of money. I mean, it is incredible. Yeah, yeah. So they paid 73.6 billion last year. They're paying 89.9 billion in 2023. That's a lot of money. That's the education budget almost. Yeah, at least in part, that is due to a more efficient and might I say more honest uh, South African Revenue Service. I think South African Revenue Service gets up a lot earlier in the morning than they've done in the past. Yeah. And I, I, I applaud that because the more people that comply and pay tax, the less we all have to end up paying to make up for the people that don't. So that's a great thing. And maybe that's also, also got something to do with it. Uh, but to go back to the land for another second, I don't think the solution is for them. They've been bailed out, of course. I don't think the solution is to sell your fraught vegetables. I think the solution might be to get someone who knows about vegetables to run the vegetable <laughs> set. Okay. So, that, so that you optimize. So that you, I know that. Yes. Read more into that than I said. So, uh, yeah, so I happened to get involved in fresh produce uh, in my banking days. And okay. people were skeptical about lending into that until we met people who knew exactly what they were doing about the economic life cycle of the tomato. Okay? okay, And they knew exactly what the cost curve was like. They knew exactly when it was going to be ripened to perfection and how many days it should be on the shelf and what to do with it afterwards to limit the expense of the perishables and so on. So we eventually, on the basis of that expertise, we funded a transaction which became a major part of the grocery business in South Africa because we had experts dealing with perishable goods. Now, loans are hardly perishable goods. But let me say this, that if you make fraught loans, don't expect them to get paid back. And you can't just sell the rubbish. Right. And don't think you're not going to make more rubbish with the same incumbents. And so I always saw the land bank as one of the legs, one of the cogs yes. in the state bank debate. The land bank, IDC, Development Bank, NEF, all of those kinds of things could come together in what I would regard as a proper state bank, not taking the little post bank and forcing it to get a license and then lending money to your friends and family. But there is a case to be made for a properly managed state vested interest in the future of the country bank. And land bank could be a piece of that, not if it's allowed to sell its rotten stuff and get fresh stuff for free. So I've got a big lot to say about that, but that will do.
you keep coming up with these absolutely outlandish, yeah. wild suggestions like good management. You know, the head of the land bank should. No, <laughs> yes, yeah. good management. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, Mark, can you stop it? Please come back down to earth here yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, I remember talking to the head of the French Development Bank for Africa. Yeah. And he said the weird thing was they are lending money into theoretically the most risk-prone continent on the planet, and yet they make more than the French commercial banks. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. And it shows that there's a role for, uh, yeah, no, you, you, for development banks. Yeah, you've you, you um, hit the nail on the head. The providers of capital on a risk-adjusted basis could do a lot worse than invest in Africa where angels fear to tread. Yeah. If and only if, that capital is conditional on their sign-off on the leadership and operational expertise embedded in the entities to which they lend. And I think that argument applies to private capital as well. We should be sitting here with conditional capital and say, yeah, we'll help you build Richard's Bay, but these are our conditions. And, and then I think we start having a contractual symbiotic relationship with the owners of those state assets. Oh, yeah, yeah. There is an interesting argument about whether or not South Africa's development capital institutions are too split up. I'd be interested to know whether that is a strength or a weakness. In some ways, you can see that it's a strength because you get these different focuses on different parts of the yeah. economy, and they all have different histories or so work. There's that to take into account. Mark, can I ask you an important question? What do you feel about the Grammys? I... Uh... Let me hesitate a little longer before I make an answer up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not much. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very interested in the Grammys this year. I believe that one of our singers just won a Grammy. I saw that tweeted yeah, somewhere. Yeah, Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 but I don't really follow the Grammys, no. I must say... I do have quite a full life. So, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I wish I had the sort of time you have to go to the Indagas and Grammys of this world. But go on, you must be itching to tell me what's happening at the Grammys. Tell me. No, the Grammys, that's not a mining thing, right? No, no, that's not a mining thing. Correct. Uh, it is, in fact, a music thing. Yeah. The interesting part of it is that for the first time, they have an African music section of the Grammys. Okay. And as you pointed out, it was won by a South African. Is that welcome or patronizing? No, fabulous. Okay. No, no, I think it's important economically because, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it just shows how music is internationalizing and how the, the sort of tech world has made it possible for the outsiders of the big developed markets to make an impression. So I think it's very welcome. The other thing that I wanted to say was that actually I know why a Grammy is called a Grammy. Go on, gramophone. Gramophone, go on, tell me. <laughs> eh? yeah, yeah, because the prize is a little gramophone. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I actually have our president in very self, which might be why it's late for your thing, sent out a tweet 35 minutes ago to congratulate Tyler yeah. on winning the best African music performance for the song Water. Have you heard the song? Because I'm immediately going to. Yes, I have. It's lovely. It, it oh, must yeah. be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, she looks great. The award looks great. Viva Africa, viva. Yeah, I love it. And. Well, we've got African performance. Yes. We are, listen to this, in the semi-finals of the African Cup of Nations. I know. I know. 
It's amazing. I mean, that hasn't happened for 24 years or something. Yeah. I love it, Matt. We, you know, because that cheers us all up. Exactly. A little bit. Right? No. We're from a low base. No, no, it's, yeah. it's fabulous. Yeah. All righty, Mark. Enjoy your time in Cape Town. I will continue mining and endarboring, and we'll catch up again next week. Welcome to the center of the universe, which is Africa. Have a great week. See you next time. Go, man. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, cheers. This show is part of the Africa Podcast Network. For the biggest pod, pod network on the, on the continent. continent. For sales inquiries, please, please contact, contact us at info at africapodcastnetwork.com.